Hello friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. A close friend of mine unexpectedly passed away two weeks ago, so I wanted to share my personal experience processing death as someone that deals with dead people. <laughs> I'm going to share how I connected to my friend, how the signs and such manifested, what he was going through on his end, all that good stuff. Here we go. This is the first death of someone very close to me that I've experienced in adulthood. The last person I lost was my dance coach when I was 16. She was like a second mother to me growing up, so her death hit me very hard. When she passed, I had just started exploring my abilities, so I didn't have a grasp on how to fully connect with her, what it would look like, etc. In the year following her death, I would randomly see people that looked just like her, sometimes even driving a car just like hers, which was crazy, and I always took that as a sign that she was with me, but I so desperately wanted to communicate with her, so I'd beg and beg and search and search for her energy, but I was trying way too hard. With energy, you need to take a step back and allow. When you chase, you cause resistance because you're placing emphasis and thus growing the lack of rather than it being placed on the having and the connection. You can also think of it as someone trying to whisper something to you very gently, but you're trying so hard to hear that you start clenching and breathing hard and like yelling in frustration that you overpower the slight whisper. You've got to just be and allow the whisper to engulf your senses. Anyway, I could tell her energy was very fine when she passed over. Some can be more prominent than others, but I was hoping she'd still come for me in a strong way just due to our bond. This unfortunately made me keep focus on what I wanted and didn't have rather than honoring where her energy was, which made for a lot of pain and disappointment. Even now, as I talk about her and I'm, you know, connecting to her and whatever, I felt her say basically that she was waiting for me to go where she was. She couldn't force me up. I had to find my way back to her, which is so true. Her energy was always one that was like a complete beam of sunlight. So in order for me to really feel her, I needed to be in a place where I could experience that beam within myself because she is within me. Her energy isn't one that goes to you to make contact, but rather by coming into a place of peace and joy, you come into unity with her. It's very interesting getting used to how relationships change once someone is no longer confined to their physical body because we're obviously very physical creatures. <laughs> so it can be an uncomfortable process getting the hang of energy interactions if we're craving for those physical ones again, you know. This is part of the reason that I kind of wanted to create this episode because I wanted to share my experience to help expand the experience of death and what it looks like to maintain a relationship with a deceased loved one. All right, so two weeks ago, I was scrolling Facebook when I saw people posting rest in peace on my friend's Facebook page. I saw that his page had liked these posts, so I was confused, wondering if it was like some sick joke or something. But then a post was made saying that it was his mom on his page and that he had passed away from a seizure the night prior. He passed away in the middle of the night. He had epilepsy since he was a kid, 
but it never stopped him. Like, it never got in his way. He was very healthy. He was young. It was an absolute shock to everybody. My friend had moved to Los Angeles from a different state to pursue dance, which is when I met him. I met him early on in his venture over here. He quickly became a very close friend of mine. We would have many heart-to-hearts after rehearsals. We would go hiking, rock climbing, go on random adventures around. We were even planning on being roommates at one point. He was very near and dear to me. After a few years, he began focusing his time at a different dance studio, so I didn't see him as often, but when I did, it was like no time had passed. A couple years after this, he moved back to his home state. We lost touch for the most part. We just have random social media interactions, but in this last year, he's been popping into my mind a lot, and I've been wanting to have a proper catch-up, you know? So... In hearing about his passing, I was really devastated. I couldn't believe it. I had all of these thoughts and emotions well up inside of me, and then I realized, hey, I can connect with him. This is what I do. (laughs) So I took a moment to just collect myself, take a deep breath. I called for him. I stated his name aloud and then um, called for his energy to come into my space. Pretty immediately, I felt his essence. It was slowly growing and coming closer and closer until I could feel him behind me. His energy was very fine and in that processing stage, so it wasn't fully present in the room itself. It was like a little wonky. It was more on the outskirts of my energy field. Almost like if you can imagine that your energy field has within it a portal to another place and someone is standing right behind that portal door. You can sense it around you, you know, but it's not specifically in your external environment. It's like confined to your energy field. Very interesting. This was occurring because he was, we were connecting through our like inner tie, you know, rather than him coming flying over to my physical location. It was like an in inner connection. I asked if he could knock on the wall or flicker the lights to confirm his presence just so, you know, I knew it was him or knew, I don't know. Honestly, I just thought it would be cool if we could have a physical experience like that. That's really it. I just wanted to see if he could do that. After I asked that, I could tell that both were too difficult for him. His energy was just too fine. So I tried to explain to him how to make a knocking sound as an energy being. In energetic states like his, you have to, uh, like, build and expand your energy until it kind of explodes out. It's similar to when you see a small animal that is just so cute that you just want to squeeze it. (laughs) You know, there's like an intense growing of emotion and passion, and then it's all kind of focused on one area. That's basically kind of the same thing. You have to, they have to build their energy up and focus it on a specific area, and then it kind of creates a spark so that there's a interaction with the physical. Even in explaining that to him, I could feel that his energy was just way too fine for a physical type interaction, so I left it alone. But then I had the idea that if I burned something like incense or Palo Santo or whatever, I was curious to see if he would be able to interact with the smoke. So I went to the other room and I grabbed the Palo Santo and a lighter. I came back. 
at this point, his energy was much more present in the room itself, so it kind of downloaded out to the external environment. Um, I saw him sitting cross-legged on the floor, <laughs> so I joined him and I sat cross-legged right in front of him. I lit the Palo Santo and I asked him to make the fluid wiggling smoke go straight up in a clean line. I explained that he needed to focus on the smoke and mentally straighten it out using the energy coming out of his eyes like little hands to funnel it up cleanly. This is not an exercise exclusively for beings of energy. It actually helps develop things like telekinesis and learning how to control your energy field, energetic interactions, all that good stuff. So totally something you can try. You can even try it with a candle's flame if smoke is something that your senses are sensitive to. <laughs> anyway, it took him a few tries, but after a little while, he finally did it. Then I asked him to move the smoke to the left. Since he was in a nice groove now, he was able to do this pretty quickly, and the straight line of smoke began leaning to the left diagonal. Then I asked him to move it to the right. He lost focus and was struggling with this, so I told him to stand next to me on the left side. He was apprehensive about coming next to me at first, worried that something weird would happen if he touched my skin or something, but I told him it would be fine. If anything, it would only create a like cool, windy, or electric sensation, but that was all. So he made his way next to me, standing in front of the left diagonal leaning smoke, which helped push it over to the right a little bit. It kind of evened out back to the middle. My thought was that if he blocked it from going left, he could create like walls to force it out to the right. So I told him to stand a little bit closer and put his arms over the top of it to ease it more over. So he did, and then it slowly started leaning more to the right diagonal. Then I told him to wave his arms over the top to make the smoke go everywhere. He did this a little too gently at first, and barely anything happened, so I told him to do it more rigor, rig whoa, <laughs> more rigor rigorously. He did and the smoke moved all over like someone had just blown on it. Then I told him to use his hands to kind of cup around the smoke to make it go up straight again. He would do it, and then it would kind of disperse and get wiggly again, so we kept trying until he was able to maintain focus enough to hold the straight stream for five Mississippis. Like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> he did it! After a good little chunk of time, but he did it, I put the flame out, and then we talked for a little bit, just catching up, sitting cross-legged in the living room, talking to a ghost. <laughs> there was so much we had to catch up on, and I just wanted to make sure he was okay. It felt so good to be in his presence, so we just kind of took a moment in silence after a second, just kind of honoring each other. It was really beautiful. Finally, I started to feel his energy kind of pulling away a little bit. He was having a hard time keeping enough energy to stay present with me, so I drew the conversation to a close and I asked if I could hug him. I put my arms up and around him as if I were actually, like, hugging somebody and it kind of, it didn't feel right. It felt, felt strange. <laughs> so instead I sat and simply felt our energy our energies embrace as if we were like mentally hugging, you know, or our energy fields were hugging. And in doing that, I felt a rush of love and I actually felt energy around me kind of compress 
into me. Like, I was actually being, like, squeezed by somebody, which was really cool. (laughs) And then he left, and that was that. In reflecting about how cool that whole experience just was, I had the idea to document it all so I could share it with all of you and remember it because it was really cool. (laughs) So I started to write it all down, and in doing so, I felt his energy kind of pop pop back in to share a little bit more things. I think because I had the uh, idea to share it, you know, he was like, oh, wait, well, if you're going to share it, let me share some other stuff. So he came back and started telling me that his process of passing over was like long and short at the same time. It was a sore subject, so we couldn't really fully talk about it just yet, just because it was so fresh. But the dying part occurred quickly, based on our timeline, like it happened in the snap of the fingers, yet mentally it felt like it was occurring in slow motion. There was a strange duality that occurred. He also shared that in his energetic state, his brain felt sick, like his head felt raw as he was talking to me. When someone has just passed away, lingering sensations relating to the cause of death will usually be present for a little while, but as they come to understand, they are no longer confined to the physical and the bodily sensations relating to the physical body. (laughs) Once that's totally realized, those will all disappear and they'll feel very, like, energized and invigorated. At this point, I got up to get some water and he followed me. As we were walking, I began experiencing what his energy was experiencing. As he walked, it felt like he had fisheye lens goggles over his eyes. It was kind of disorienting and made me feel a little woozy. <laughs> um, around his energy field, it, it looked like he was in a, a place with a bunch of clouds or something. It looked like I saw a bunch of clouds around him, and there was this window-type looking thing in front of him, which is how he was connecting with me. When he put focus on the window, he would become present in it, in whatever it was that the window was showing, you know, but with these, like, fisheye lens goggles. When he was in this cloudy world, it didn't have that weird disorienting thing. It was only when he, like, went into the window. The window is essentially a little portal, and by focusing on a person, they appear through that window, and he can, like, stick his head in to be with them. Kind of like putting on virtual reality goggles. In this cloudy place, he can hear the voices of people talking to him kind of echoing around him. So if somebody is, uh, I don't know, it's almost like if you were to be like, uh, oh, it's like in Evan Almighty when people are praying to him and he can hear all these voices. It's similar to that. Um, So he could hear people talking to him. He could hear a lot of crying, but it didn't make him sad. It wasn't overwhelming or heavy for him in any way at all. In this realm of being, he was a lot less emotional. He just really felt at peace and understood that crying is normal for the circumstances. It didn't weigh him down. He felt very loved and felt that he was held dearly by many, which created some really beautiful sensations for him. It was almost like all at once he was feeling the love of everyone that cared about him. So it wasn't a heavy thing at all, but a beautiful one. And then after he shared all of this, he went back on his way. So it was just a quick little 
little share. His funeral was last Sunday. Since he had friends all over due to his move back and forth, they were going to live stream the funeral service on Facebook. When Sunday rolled around, I couldn't find the live stream anywhere. I thought it was going to be on his Facebook page or maybe his mom's, so I kept refreshing both of their feeds, but nothing was coming up. I had a dog sit for a few days last week starting on Sunday, so it got to the point where I had to head out to the house to watch the dogs. So I kind of gave up on looking for the live stream and figured I'll just watch it in the evening, you know? The house is about 45 minutes away, so I got in the car and started my drive. About halfway there, my radio started malfunctioning. My car is a 2016, so it's not that old. I've never had any issues at all with it. I was playing music from my phone, and it shows like the title of the song I'm listening to, as well as a picture of the like album or the artist or whatever, and the picture kept like, going black and then flashing back on screen. It was really weird. It was it would happen, like, every couple minutes where it just started, like, kind of flashing. I was wondering if it was perhaps my friend letting me know that the live stream was starting or something. So I took my exit off the freeway, pulled over, and looked on Facebook to see if it did so I could listen to it on the last leg of my drive. I was waiting a few minutes, refreshing the page, but I didn't see anything. Time-wise, the funeral service should have been over already, so I wasn't sure what was going on. A few minutes went by of me refreshing, so I was like, okay, I need to be patient and just wait until I get to the house. I'll figure it out later. So I went back on the road and continued on. I kept thinking about him, trying to understand whether the uh, radio thing was him or not. I could only feel his energy very, very lightly, so I wasn't sure if it was him or if it was another being or like an actual glitch, you know. I focused on his energy a little bit more and could feel it really present during the time of the funeral service. It felt like he was very much there and his vibration was really raising as a result of it. Ceremonies and such to honor the deceased are usually mainly for us, to help us mourn and have some sort of closure and all that stuff, they don't usually affect the person too much because they're typically already at peace and energetically with their loved ones. So seeing how he was involved with his service was really, really cool. Since I couldn't get a direct read as to what was going on with the, ra- with the radio, I decided to trust my gut and, you know, his energy was raising, there was shifting occurring, so I just took that as confirmation. I continued to kind of stay within his energy just to try to experience or get a sense of what he was experiencing. Um, And I could feel it really raising to the point where it was like uh, getting to a place where he was able to be in multiple places at once. He was really going through this like beautiful expansion process. My ego started to kick in and say that I was making it all up and he wasn't messing with my radio. And at that exact moment, I came upon a street called chrysanthemum. My vision immediately zoomed into it and a wave of energy came over me, causing me to become really emotional at like the snap of the fingers. (laughs) Now, chrysanthemum is the name of a children's book that I was obsessed with as a kid. It's about a mouse 
named Chrysanthemum, who struggled with liking her name because it's so long. But at the end of the book, she comes to love it. <laughs> Very simple. I loved that book so much. I would pretend my name was Chrysanthemum and would ask my family to call me Chrysanthemum. When I was like five, I even drafted a contract that I made my parents sign to formally change my name to it. It was just a big part of my identity. I don't know if I ever told him that story or not. I may have. But even if I didn't, he was in a place where he was able to tap into collective memory. So things that were important to me or that would like ignite something special, you know, he was able to kind of draw upon, which was very interesting. I felt an energetic hug come over me and I knew his energy was passing over and he was basically just saying one last goodbye before he fully transitioned into this like new expansive form, um, which is what all of that was. So it was a really, really special moment. I got to the house, went outside and started writing all of this out so I wouldn't forget it. After a couple minutes, my phone went off like I had a message, so I checked it, but it wasn't a message. <laughs> I had sent my boyfriend a picture of the dogs, but I had gotten a notification as if I had sent it to myself for some reason. I saw that both the red receipt and when I sent it were both time stamped at 444 and the current time was 455. It was 11 minutes after that I got this notification that wasn't real. It was very strange. Immediately seeing that I got these like intense goosebumps over my body. So I tried to tap into my friend's energy again to see if it was him or what was going on. But since it was so high and light at this point, it felt more subtle and I couldn't hold a conversation with him like I was able to before. His energy is much more like sensation based now, but is very grounded and refreshing. I feel like I can connect to his whole soul now rather than just that one aspect I knew. In tapping into him for a moment, just to kind of read it, a hummingbird flew over my head and was flying in like a figure eight or an infinity symbol it was doing that like 20 times like it drew 20 infinity signs and then it flew away it was crazy <laughs> it was there for a long time it was so bizarre it's so interesting how conversations and interactions change as we change form but they're still present you know we don't go anywhere when we pass away we're still present it's just the circumstances change Rather than holding a conversation or being given a message, I mean, granted, yes, that does happen, but rather than it being always like that, it turns into this, like, cool little secret message that is sprinkled all around us for us to decode, you know? A lot of times, there isn't anything more to these secret messages that our loved ones give us besides just, like, sending us love or sending us support, you know? But they're so special nonetheless. Losing someone is never easy. I still had my days this past week where I was crying for the loss of his physical vessel, but I hope this episode gives you some peace of mind that when our loved ones pass, they're just on the other side of the veil. They're always with us, sending us secret love letters in the wind and synchronicities and hummingbirds and little energetic hugs. They're always there. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. I hope my 
I don't know if you can hear, but Thistle is crying for me, so I'm going to go give her some love. But I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.